0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message.
1: Proverbs chapter number three, if we could read verses one through verse number ten together. Uh, Beginning in verse number one, we'll read down to verse number ten. Ready? Begin. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be hell to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase." So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Thank you. You may be seated.
0: Um, we are tonight, we're talking about our, our health and how God is uh, the healer. I'm not just talking about physical health, I'm not certainly not an expert in that, uh, but I do believe that we have the great physician, and uh, we have our Jehovah Rapha, God who heals, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, I was thinking, uh, as Bethany was singing, I hope that sometimes, I hope you will just take some time and uh, just think about how good God's been in your Amen. life. And uh, I was thinking about this, this service tonight on a Sunday night. Uh, you know, I hope we never take these days for granted. I hope we always are thankful for what God has given us uh, as a church family. God is so good. I know we're in the summer months, and we got a lot of folks that are out on vacation and different things, but God is so good, and I thank the Lord for you and your faithfulness. Uh, I mentioned the activity we had um, yesterday with the Victory Bible class, uh, but then Friday, uh, Joanna had an activity that well, she, she put it on, but there were 40 or 50 folks that came out uh, Friday for the moms and kids activity. And I walked through the gym, and that was a wonderful sight to see all the moms and the kids were running and playing. And uh, I thank the Lord for our church. And I know those are just a few events. We've got so many things going on. And uh, we're gearing up for school and uh, the teens have their teen retreat coming up to uh, a week from Tuesday and uh, I'm thankful for all the things God has done for us. Lord, we love you. We are so thankful that we can be here tonight and I pray, Lord, that you would help us uh, to hear from heaven tonight. Uh, Lord, I want to do my very best to get out of the way. I certainly don't want to mess things up. I certainly uh, don't want to hinder the working that you're doing. But Lord, I'd like to be a vessel that you could just flow through. And so Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would speak and take my words and uh, take the word of God that is preached tonight and do something in our hearts and lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we talk about spiritual health, and I think you could really uh, connect that uh, with emotional health. How many of you know that if, if you don't feel good physically, it affects your mind, and if you're, you don't, you're not thinking right, it affects your body. And those things also affect your spirit. I've known people, and I'm sure you have as well, I've known people that got out of church, and I really honestly believe that it started with a physical need, and that physical need maybe got better, but after a while, they were struggling spiritually, or they were struggling emotionally, and it's all together, it's all connected. Proverbs 3 is where we're going to end up tonight, but I want you to draw your attention to verse number 8. I've I've read this passage so many times, I've memorized verses 5 through 7, I've quoted it, But notice what it says in Proverbs 3. It says, it shall be health to thy navel. That's health to your body. And the Bible says that it will be marrow or strength to your bones. Did you know that when your spiritual health is right, it's going to affect your body? It's going to affect your soul. It's going to affect your mind. It's all connected. Uh, The Bible tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, The Bible says we ought to be so careful what we put into our mind. Why is that? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, What you put into your mind uh, is going to affect how you live. It's going to affect uh, your uh, spiritual condition. I want you to hold your place, please, in Proverbs 3. And I want you to turn back with me to 1 Kings Chapter 19, 1 Kings 19 uh, in your Bibles, and maybe put a marker or something in Proverbs 3. Uh, I'm going to try to get back to Proverbs 3, but we'll see how it it goes tonight. I want to talk about a few thoughts in this idea of our spiritual health. First of all, I want to say that if we're honest, we all face problems when it comes to spiritual things. Uh, Nobody in here has arrived. Uh, Nobody in here could say, you know, Pastor, um, spiritually, I'm in tip-top shape. I'm in tip-top health. I never have a struggle. I never have a battle. Uh, That old devil doesn't have a chance in my heart in my life. The truth is we're all in a battle every day. We got to work at it every day. So my question then is this, why is it that so many Christians struggle spiritually uh, and or emotionally? I'll give you some reasons for it, and you can maybe jot a few things down and maybe some, some things to, to work on or some things to evaluate. Number one, I believe the reason that so many people struggle spiritually, and this is obvious, but I think it must be said, and that is because of sin. Did you know that when sin gets in your life, sin messes up everything? Uh, sin has consequences, uh, sin has side effects, sin has symptoms. And when you get sin in your life, when I get sin in my life, that sin must be dealt with. It'd be like in your physical health. If you have an infection in your body, you got to get rid of that infection. You can't let that infection stay in there because it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's going to spread and it's going to have an even greater impact on your physical health. Many people struggle spiritually and emotionally because of sin. Many people struggle spiritually because they have very little time that they spend with God every day. Now, I want to say this. I'm so thankful you're at church. I'm thankful you came back on a Sunday night. But if your spiritual health is all about what you get at church and you have no relationship with the Lord Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to struggle spiritually Because you need a walk with God. I need a walk with God. We need time with the Lord every day. Some people struggle because they have very little walk with God. That includes our prayer time. I would ask you to to, to evaluate your life and say, how much time have I spent praying this past week? I'm not saying you have to spend hours every day, although nothing wrong with that. But there ought to be something. Uh, There ought to be some prayer request. There ought to be some prayer time. There ought to be a time that we get alone with God every day. You say, well, I don't have time to pray. Well, that's amazing because you have time for Facebook and you have time for sports and you have time for hobbies and you have time for pleasure and you have time to go hunting and fishing and shopping and you have time to get with your friends and we make time for what's important to us. Let me just say it like that. But there's no no prayer. Why are we so weak spiritually? Why are we struggling spiritually? Because many times we do not have the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know the Christian life was not supposed to be lived in the flesh? The Christian life was never intended for me to live it and do the best I can with what I have. The Christian life was intended to be lived through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll say this. I think some people struggle spiritually because they don't come to church. Now, again, I understand I'm preaching to people that are at church, but I know we got a lot of folks listening on the radio, and I thank God for the radio. I thank God for online, and we're going to keep those things. Those are good. We need that. But the idea is not to drift out of church and drift to the online church. The the, the goal and the the purpose is to be in the house of God. This is where we get some healing. This is where we get some help. This is where we get encouragement. It is God's plan for his people. Some people are struggling spiritually because they receive the word of God. They, They read the Bible, perhaps they, they, they pray, they, they come to church, but they never do anything with that. Did you know that God never intended for his people to sit and do nothing? God's plan is for his people to serve him, and that is why we are here to serve and to bring honor and glory and pleasure to the Lord through our lives. Let's shift gears for a moment and say that some people struggle spiritually, some people struggle emotionally because they're frustrated. Have you ever met someone like that? They were just frustrated. Maybe it was because of work, but they were stressed out. Maybe it's home. Uh, Maybe it's relationships. Uh, Maybe it's finances. Maybe for you, and I know this sounds elementary, maybe you just need to go to bed on Saturday nights and you'd feel a whole lot better Sunday morning. Uh, Maybe you just need to to, to go to bed so you're not a grump every day of your life. But can I tell you, we struggle spiritually. Many Christians are, are tired. They're frustrated. They're stressed out. Many times that leads to anger and, and bitterness, and we become so self centered. We live in a society where everybody is busy that we no longer have time to be still. We no longer have time to just think about songs like, I have been blessed, and God's been so good to me. We have so much technology, and I'm, I'm thankful for smartphones. How many of you know a smartphone is talking about the phone and not the user, right? Some some of us, we're still trying to figure out how to use them. But I'm thankful for a smartphone, thankful for, for a computer. I'm thankful for technology. But did you know if you're not careful, those things will consume your life. Those things will control your life. Those things will crowd your family, your walk with God. They will crowd out everything that really matters because it will take over. Uh, I, I don't play, and I understand that this, a, 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 this is not a temptation for me, but I'm not big into video games. And some of you are. Some of you love video games. There's nothing wrong with video games. But there is something wrong when your life is all about video games. Uh, there's something wrong when your life is all about entertainment. It's something wrong when you can spend uh, five hours a day watching Fox News, but you can't spend five minutes in the Word of God. There's something wrong when you can make time for a political rally, but you can't make time to come to the house of God. I'm just saying our priorities are out of whack. We need to slow down. We need to be still and spend time with God. We need to get our life in order, get our life in proper uh, perspective. I want you to notice with me in 1 Kings 19. Here is a man who is struggling spiritually and emotionally. But can I say this is not somebody you would suspect is struggling spiritually and emotionally because this man just saw a battle won for God on a mountain where fire fell from heaven and Elijah battled the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove and he won and God did a mighty work and God did a mighty victory. Can I tell you sometimes the greatest discouragement comes after the greatest victory. Sometimes the the, the biggest battle is not the one that you think is the biggest battle, but it's something little that Satan can get in your heart and life to discourage you and to depress you. Here is Elijah, 1 Kings 19, verse 1. And he has just seen God send fire from heaven. And now it says in verse 1, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done And withal, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Now those are the false prophets. Those are the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove. And so Elijah has just been responsible for this mountaintop experience with God and seeing the nation of Israel recognize that God is the true God. But verse two, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, This would be the equivalent today of a text message. This would be the equivalent today of an email. This would be the equivalent today to a Facebook messenger uh, a message. Hey, I just wanted to tell you something. And here's what Jezebel said to Elijah. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. Jezebel said, you've got 24 hours or less before I kill you. Now, we would say, well, big deal. Who does she think she is? God's just called, God's just sent fire from heaven and God's just used Elijah in a great victory. But now, after that mountaintop experience, Elijah hears a threat from Jezebel, the queen, who, by the way, was a wicked queen. She and her husband were wicked and and, and worshipped false gods and hated Jehovah God. And it says in verse number 3 that when he saw that, when Elijah got the message, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. Now, this is bad that he's scared, he's running. This is bad that he is, he's worried. He's, he's, he's not casting his care on the Lord. He's trying to take it on himself, but it gets worse. He's not only scared, he's depressed, and he is now suicidal. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? Verse 4, he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. We see that Elijah came to a point in his life where he was so stressed out he was so worried, he was so anxious, he was so depressed, he was so fatigued, he was just completely wiped out that he said, I cannot go on. Now, maybe tonight, maybe I'm talking to you. And maybe nobody would ever guess because maybe it seems like things are going good for you. Uh, well, can I tell you, one, that taking your life is never ever in any any circumstances that is never the answer your life my life belongs to God our time is in God's hand God has appointed the day of our death that's not up to you and me and by the way when you think things are really 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 bad and you think there's no hope you have forgotten that there is a God in heaven and as long as God is in the equation there is no situation in your life that is impossible There is no situation that is so bad that God can't step in and God can't make a way and God can't give grace and God can't give direction. So don't give up on God. Don't give up on that. Uh, Don't don't go that route. But Elijah is so discouraged, he's so worn out, he's so depressed that he's ready to die. He says, Lord, just take my life and end it all. Verse number five. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, Behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and he went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. We see in this passage, I'm kind of going in reverse order. I'm sure I won't get back to Proverbs 3 tonight. But I want you to notice not only the problems we saw of some things that we go through uh, because of sin and no relationship with God, no walk with God, no power of the Holy Spirit. We, uh, We miss church. We don't serve. We're not worried about others. We're worried about self. I see not only the problem, but number two, I see the patient. Let's look at somebody who is sick. Somebody who is sick spiritually. Somebody who is sick emotionally. His name is Elijah. He's a Christian. He's not a Christian. He's a man of God. He's a preacher. He's a prophet. But he's going through a rough time. And friend, if you think that you'll never go through a rough time, I got news for you. Better people than you and I have gone through rough times. Elijah would have been the last person you'd ever suspect to go through a time like this. But yet here we are in 1 Kings 19 with a man that is ready to end it all. It says in verse number 7, the angel of the Lord came unto him. And the angel of the Lord had a message for Elijah. He said, the journey is too great for thee. That's a great reminder for us, is it not? That, That the things that we face in our life, they're too big for us. But I'm glad they're not too big for God. I'm glad that God does not abandon his children. I'm glad that if you're here today and you're struggling spiritually or you're struggling emotionally, I'm glad there's healing for you. I'm glad there's healing for me. I'm glad that God knows what we're going through and he is concerned. Let me give you a couple quick thoughts of what God recommended. What was God's prescription for Elijah? Number one, he said, Elijah, you need some food. Now, all God's people to that said, amen. That usually makes it better, right? I'm not just talking about physical food, but I'm talking about Matthew chapter four, where Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When you're in the hospital and you're weak and and, and, and you're struggling and, and the doctor's trying to get you better, you know what that doctor's gonna do? That doctor's gonna give you some food. And if you can't have food, you're gonna get an IV. You're gonna get some nutrients. You have got to get something to give you strength. And when God's children are sick, you know what God recommends? You know what God prescribes? He prescribes a dose of the word of God. This book right here, I wanna tell you, it'll change your outlook. It'll change your spirit. It'll change how you feel. It'll change where you go. It'll change what you do. It'll change how you talk. It'll change everything about your life because this is the word of God. It is the power. It is the the, the source of our strength. Not only did Elijah need food, but I see secondly, I see Elijah needed some rest. Now again, some of you are saying, whew, pastor, that's exactly what I need. I just need a good night's sleep. Uh, my wife and I we still I don't know if we laugh we are not quite there yet but we still go back to those days when Lacey and Savannah were born twins and they wouldn't sleep and they didn't think that we should sleep either you know and they would scream and then they'd wake up each other and so we were trying we were shooting for those those two-hour blocks of sleep and and uh, but they weren't on the same two hour schedule. So Lacey would sleep about an hour and she'd start screaming and wake up Savannah and then she'd go to sleep. And then it was just, it was crazy. There are, there are major events that happened in that span of our lives that my wife and I do not remember. It's all a fog, it's all a blur. the Truth is, I don't know what we did during that time. I sure hope we didn't do anything illegal, you know, hope we didn't rob any banks or anything. But can I tell you, when you don't get physical rest, it messes with your mind. And you might be able to do that for a while. Brother Dan, I was talking to uh, one of our friends the other day, Brother Beecher Williams. We have, a, uh, we have a, a, a mutual friend. And I say mutual because I was roommates with him in college one year and you were roommates with him in college another year. And uh, Brother Beecher Williams, he's a pastor in Michigan, but he, he had this thing when there was a big project come and due. He would wait till the night before and he, but he was prepared for it. He'd have, um, a no dose before there was five hour energy. There was no dose and I'm sure it's not healthy. I'm sure it's not good for you, but he'd do it and that keep him up. Boy, he'd be able to try to work on that paper or do whatever. Well, friend, I want to tell you, you might be able to make it without some rest for a while, but eventually it's going to catch up to you. And I'm not just talking about physical rest now. I'm talking about spiritual rest. I'm talking about resting in the Lord. And you know, as Christians sometimes we try to take matters into our own hands, don't we? Now help me out, don't leave me up here by myself. Am I the only one that does that? Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay, so here's what I'm saying. And we work, and we work, and we work, and we stress, and we plan, and we strategize. And I'm not against working, and I'm not against planning. But there comes a point where you've got to be willing to say, I can't do this. I can do my best, but I have got to trust the Lord. I've got to cast my care. I've got to uh, cast all my anxiety and all my stress. i got to get rid of that. And I've got to let the Lord have control of my life. Rest. Here's what Jesus said. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You are burdened down. You are bogged down. And Jesus said, you come unto me and I will give you rest. Turn with me. Hold your place there. Uh, we won't come back to 1 Kings. You can, you can lose your place there. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 6. This might be the last passage or, or so. Jeremiah chapter 6. We need rest. We need food. We need spiritual nourishment, but we need rest. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 6, I love this, this passage. It says in verse number 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. You know where you find rest? You find rest when you walk in the way that God has for you. You see, when, you, when you're on your own path, it sure is uphill, isn't it? It sure is rough. It sure is hard. But when you walk in God's way, God promises that you we'll find rest for your soul see that Elijah needed food he needed rest the angel of the Lord came and 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 gave him food and Elijah laid down and slept he got up and he ate again you know what he did he went back to sleep and we as Christians we need to learn what it is to rest in the Lord but then I see number three Elijah needed some encouragement he needed somebody to come and say hey You can't do it on your own, but with God's help, you can do it. And friend, tonight, I want to tell you, I want to remind you, you can't do it on your own, and I can't do it on my own, but with the Lord's help, we can. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You can with God's help. But then I see number four, I see the strength. It says that the angel came in 1 Kings 19, and the angel touched Elijah. You know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of the power of God that we need on our lives. You know, it's amazing how little we can get done on our own, but it's amazing how much can be accomplished with God's power. And Elijah needed the touch of God. The Bible says that he went then in that meet for 40 days. In his own strength, in his his own ways, he could only go one day. He was wiped out. But with the power of God, he was able to go and finish the journey 40 days And then lastly, in 1 Kings 19, I see that God prescribed for Elijah fellowship, or you could say accountability. You know what Elijah did after Mount Carmel? He went into the wilderness, and the Bible says specifically he left his servant behind. He went by himself. And when he was by himself, here's what he said. Lord, I'm the only one. Nobody else is serving you. Nobody else is standing for you. Nobody else is preaching for you. God, I am the only one out here. Can I get some help? You know what God said to Elijah? He said, Elijah, you're not the only one. He said, I've got 7,000 prophets that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Can I tell you tonight, there'll be times where you'll feel like you're the only one and then Sunday comes, and you come to church, and we see faces, and we see people, and we shake hands, and we speak to people, and we say, praise God, I'm not all by myself. Praise God, I'm not the only one. As a matter of fact, I'm not the only one that's got problems. I'm not the only one that's got burdens. There are others that have them too, but God has chosen to use the church, the family of God, to encourage one another. And so he said, Elijah, you're not by yourself. But, he said to make you feel better. He said, I want you to go over here and I want you to find Elisha. And Elisha is going to be your minister. Elisha is going to be your servant. Elisha is going to be your encourager. Can I tell you? The rest is history. You read about Elijah and you read about Elisha. And you talk about a dynamic duo. And you talk about some men that that got a hold of God and some men that accomplished great things for God, but they didn't do it by themselves. They did it with the power and the strength of God. Friend, I want to tell you the prescription that God gives when we're spiritually struggling is for fellowship and accountability. You see, I like the encouragement and I need the encouragement. But you know, people help to keep us accountable. I don't know if you've ever started an exercise program or maybe started a running program or weightlifting or whatever. Can I tell you, if you do it by yourself, it's tough to keep it going. But if you've got an accountability partner, some days you don't feel like it and they'll encourage you and some days they don't feel like it and you'll encourage them, but you help each other. And as God's people, we need to encourage one another. We need to help one another. It's God's prescription for His people that they not go it alone, but that we, together with God's help and with God's power, we finish the journey. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.